0: Today to Life Church, I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you with us. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to Matthew chapter six, I'm going to get there in just a minute. And uh, as I, as we get there, we're starting a brand new series this weekend called Highlights, and it's going to be a series we're going to kind of run for the next several weeks as we come into these summer months. One of the things that we do that I really like, and I think as a congregation we enjoy, is uh, we give an opportunity throughout these summer months to hear from various staff members. And uh, let, allow them to, to speak on the weekends. So I'm going to be speaking some, but I'm also going to have Kevin Miller, our Missions and Outreach Director, will be speaking. Uh, Noelle Miller, our Student Life Director, will be speaking. Uh, we'll do a, w- a weekend of worship. Uh, and Pastor Ryan Coggins, our Executive Pastor, will be speaking. I've got a couple of guests that uh, have never been here at Life Church before that are just friends, pastoral friends of mine, uh, that are going to be here. Uh, and then again, I'm going to be speaking. And as we go through each one of these weeks... We're, we're basically saying, what's your favorite verse in the, in the Bible? And so getting to start this series, I want to start with probably the most foundational verse for me uh, is one that was uh, just a favorite verse growing up, especially in high school. And it's Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And it's really what Matthew 6 is all about the life of a Christ follower and what it means to follow Jesus. And Jesus is speaking here, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. uh, He's just given the Beatitudes and he is speaking to followers of his. And this is, if you have the old school Bible, the red letter edition, this is all in the red. And Jesus says this in verse 33 of Matthew chapter 6. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be given unto you as well. Now, I believe that God speaks to our lives, and I think most of the time the Lord speaks to the vehicle or through the person. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through peace. The Bible says that peace, let the peace of God umpire or rule your heart and let peace lead you. And when the, you have the witness of the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your life, God will many times speak through peace. But there are times that God will really speak to your heart and uh, we'll speak to you specifically about a direction, a path, a change, or whatever. And uh, like I said, this has been a verse. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things you've had unto you. It's been something that was like a theme verse for me in high school. It was like my favorite verse. And uh, as I was getting ready to graduate high school, I knew there was a call into ministry in my life. And uh, my dad wanted me to go to the University of Arkansas. I grew up in Arkansas. wanted me to go to the U of A and get a business degree. And he said, you know, if when you get done with the business degree, then if you still feel called into ministry, then you'll get your ministry degree, and I'll pay for that as well, because you need to have something to fall back on. That was his thing. You, you, this, this preaching gig may not last long, and you need to have something to fall back on. You got to be able to pay your bills and all this kind of stuff. And, so, uh, and he said, if you'll go to U of A, I'll give you a, um, an apartment. I'll give you a new car. I mean, he was really going up. You go to Bible college, I'll pay for Bible college, but that will be it. Well, I went that fall as a, as a, a senior in high school to kind of check a, a school out in Springfield, Missouri. And I'll never forget that, I, that morning at chapel, there was a message and interpretation in tongues, which... Uh, message interpretation of tongues you find biblical precedent for that in 1 Corinthians chapters 14 15 and 16 it, it's the rules of engagement that Paul gives for how the holy spirit can operate in a corporate setting that there are times when the holy spirit will give a message and then someone will give an interpretation it's one of the giftings of the holy spirit and in that setting um, that happened that morning and i knew both the person that was used with the gift of the holy was speaking the 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 the, the, uh, the holy spirit and then also the person that day that gave the interpretation And the interpretation was this. My son, I've had your life planned out before you, before you were ever born. All you need to do is follow me, and I will take care of the dreams and the things that I have placed in your heart, says the Lord. I knew right then and there, I could take you back to the chapel where I sat that day. I know both of those individuals who God used that day, and it was like the Holy Spirit, God himself, speaking to me and saying, this is where I want you to go to school, this is what I want you to do, this is what I'm asking you to do. The only other time in my life that I felt like God spoke to my heart, uh, every other time I was led by I've been led by peace, but that that um, was when I came to Life Church, and it was like I am going to do a great work, and I'm doing a great work here, and I want you to be involved. And He brought me back to that whole first back in 1989, the fall of 1989, as I was senior in high school, of what He had spoken to my heart that this will become the fulfillment, the fruition of. All of that goes back to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things should be added unto you. See, anytime there's a message interpretation of tongues, you've got to be able to take it back to Scripture. Scripture has to back everything. Our experience is not what we rely on. We rely, we rely upon God's Word. And it was like the Holy Spirit going, I've given you resonance with that Scripture and with that verse, and I've spoken to you, and now I'm going to bring these things to pass. And for these last 10 years, I had been walking that out in my life. Now, in order to understand what Matthew chapter six verse thirty-three is all about, you have to go back to the beginning of the chapter, because the beginning of the verse starts with "but," right? It starts with this "but." I should do a whole message sermon series: the butts of the Bible. Sir, so mix a lot. I like big. I, and I'm just teasing. I mean, it's this whole deal. My wife's looking at me. Okay, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Shame on you people. Okay, anyhow, God help us all. So the deal is, is but, but because when he, the Bible uses the word but or therefore, you should ask the question, what's it there for? What's it speaking to? Well, what it's speaking to goes all the way back to verse 2. So I'm going to walk from verse 2 all the way through verse 32, and it, and, it, and it ends with verse 33. He starts, Jesus starts with these statements, when you statements. And the first when you statement he begins with is, when you give. When you give. I didn't come up with this. Pastor, you find more scriptures on giving in the Bible than anybody ever seen. I didn't come up with this. It. It's just right there. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse number 2. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues, and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly I tell you that they've received the reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father will. Who sees what is done in secret will reward you. There's a principle there. What's done in secret is rewarded by God. What's not done in secret, that's all the reward that you get. He says, when you give. When you give. Not if you give. Not maybe you're going to give. If you think about giving, it's when you give. And who's Jesus' audience? It's Christ followers. When you give of your time. When you give of your talent. When you give of your treasure. When you bring the tithe. When you give to missions, when you help someone in need, when you give of your energy, when you give of your influence, when you give of your money, when you give of your resources, when you give of your treasure, when you give of your talent. When you give, Jesus said, make sure that you do it as unto the Lord. We're going to get to the reason why in just a minute. What he's basically saying is this, only let God see. Only let him see. What you give is something between you and the Lord. Giving is sacred. It's not sacred because it's money. It's sacred because we'll find out in verse 24 that money and God don't, don't mix. But it's sacred because it's an act of trust between you and the Lord. The second thing he says is, when you pray... When you pray, not if you pray, not I hope you pray, not if you ever get around to praying, not if you get time in your busy schedule to pray, not if you can just fit me in, but when you pray with the assumption and the expectation that you're going to pray, verse 5 says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand or to pray standing in the synagogues, on the street quarters. Why? To be seen by others. I tell you the truth, they receive the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Again, he says that again. When you pray, don't keep babbling on like the pagans or the sinners, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Verse 9, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, for your kingdom will come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Verse 11, give us today our daily bread forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors and lead us not to temptation but deliver us from the evil one when you pray as a Christ follower as a follower of Jesus Christ we are to have a habit of prayer what's prayer? conversation between us and the Lord is anybody else's business? no we are only to let God hear only let God hear that's what he's saying let me hear you're not praying for anybody else you're not praying for man's applause. You're not praying to improve your vocabulary contrary to popular opinion. You're not praying for other people to like you. You're not praying for people to think you're spiritual. You're praying because you need to hear from me and I need to hear from you. I want a private one-on-one conversation with you. It's the same God that walks with Adam and Eve, the cool of the day. He wants to know you. He wants to get to know you. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to hear your thoughts. He knows, he says in that passage, what you have need of. So don't go on and on. Just talk. And this is the great thing. Sometimes people think, well, man, I can't pray because I don't have the King James spin on it, right? All the this's and the thou's's. Oh, Father, goddess, in the heaviness of the most high heavenly realms, we give you praises. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? And you just think, well, they sound real spiritual. No, they don't. They, sound, they go on and on. That's what that verse is talking about. God just simply wants you to communicate. And, and he doesn't want you just to, just to be repetitive or use repetitive language and just babble. I give our staff a hard time. If they say amen too much or Father God or like, you know, you heard somebody pray like, oh, Father God, we thank you today, Father God, because Lord, Father God, you're the wonderful Father God. Father God, we praise you today because we to thank you, Father God, Father God. And you're like going, look, man, that would be like if your name was Frank. And I would say, hey, Frank, how you doing, Frank? Frank's such a great day. Frank, Frank, how you think about the weather? Frank, Frank, is is a wonderful day. And at some point he would say, all right, we got the fact that my name is Frank and you know that. You just keep saying it over and over and over and over again. He's got you the first time. That's what he's saying. Don't keep just babbling on and on. He, he he knows your needs. And I love what he says. He doesn't say pray this prayer like it's some incantation, like it's some voodoo witchcraft magic. He says pray in this manner: Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Start with praise. What are you thankful for today? It changes every day, doesn't it? Some days you're thankful for sunshine. Some days you're thankful for rain. Oh, God's in the rain. Some days we're thankful for a job. Some days we're thankful for a transfer. Some days we're thankful for the house. Some days we wish we were renting and it was somebody else's problem. You know what I'm talking about? Going to get a witness? I mean, that's it. The reality is, is here, Lord, our Father in the in heaven, hallowed be your name, Lord, I thank you today. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, you have a perfect will. And I pray that your perfect will in heaven will be done in my life, in my marriage, in my home, in my kids, in my business, in my job, and everything that my hand touches. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, you know what I need today. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, but today. The Bible instructs us to live life in day-tight compartments. Why? Because yesterday's gone, and tomorrow we have no control over. The only thing we control is right here and now. So, Lord, today, give me the wisdom, the insight, the discernment. Give me the favor. Give me the strength. Give me the patience. Give me the endurance. You know what's going to happen at 3 o'clock today or 7 o'clock tonight. You know what's going to happen, Lord. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Every time, God, forgive me my sins. Why? Because we, like Superman, have kryptonite. If you don't think you're jacked up, just come see me after the service, and I'll just tell you that you're jacked up. I mean, we're all messed up. We should all come to this world with a tag that says irregular. We all have issues. And If you don't think you do, you've got big issues. It's called denial. And so the reality is, is that we are called to to say, God, forgive me. But not only forgive me, but let me forgive my debtors. Why? Because to be able to allow God to forgive us, we have to forgive others. The Bible says if you can't can't love man whom you have seen, how can you love God in heaven whom you haven't seen? Leave me not to temptation. Why? Because even Jesus was tempted. We all have issues. God, keep me from messing up today. Keep me from doing something stupid today. God can fix a lot of things. He can't fix stupid. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, there's just, that's real theological. But I'm just saying, and for, keep me from temptation. Deliver me from evil. And I love how the King James, it, it ends it differently than NIV. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Again, God, thank you. Amen. When you pray, when you talk to God. And the last when you is when you fast. Now you want me to go back to the giving part now, don't you? When you fast, he's speaking of spiritual disciplines here. When you fast, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, 17, and 18. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received the reward in full. Why? Because they let everybody know what they're doing. Verse 17, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to the Father, who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Again, it's that principle. What's done in secret is rewarded by God. What's done for for everybody else is not rewarded by God. Again, he's driving home. He's getting to this this point of seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things should be added unto you. We like all these things, but sometimes we struggle with the seek first the kingdom of God. And he's saying, when you give, you're seeking first the kingdom of God. When you pray you're giving first kingdom of God when you fast you're putting first kingdom of God and as long as you do it for God which means you do it in secret that nobody else knows then you'll be rewarded but when you walk around oh you know if you've been around people like this I'm just fasting brother you go ahead and eat I'm just I'm, I'm gonna fast then why did you come to lunch with me people that fast when they go to lunch they make they get on my nerves can I just tell you right now skinny people Get on my nerves. If you're a skinny person, I don't, probably don't like you very much. Because, I mean, you don't, have, you don't have the struggles the rest of us in the world have. Hallelujah. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Preach it. So the deal is, is, is so, and people that like act to be super spiritual, like, like they're, they're wearing their spirituality like a badge, right? And, uh, and they go around and, oh, brother, I'm just going to fast. Or, or if you ask somebody like, hey, man, did, did, did you, did, did you, did you say America's Got Talent or some TV show? And they go, you know, I used to watch that show but the Holy Spirit convicted me. Well, thanks, who died and made you God? Isn't that what you want to say to those people? You know, shut your face, just shut it. You know, cram it up your... You know what I'm saying? And then you're just kind of like, hey, 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 hey. And what he's saying here is any spiritual discipline that you're doing, don't tell people what you're doing. Be gracious, don't let them even know, just do it unto God. And if God's told you to quit watching something or to start doing something or to quit doing something, that's between you and Him. Keep it between you and him. Why? Because if you let other people know, you're probably doing it not for God, but for yourself, for brownie points with them. Only let God know. That's what he's saying. When you fast, only let God know. When you give, only let God see. When you pray, only let God hear. When you fast, only let God know. Why? So glad you asked. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 goes on to say, Don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where moss and vermin or dust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There's that principle again. There's that conflict again. Because again, there's a part of us that we want to go public with everything because we want attention. It's the human condition. And God says, no, 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 no. When you give, when you pray, when you fast, when you're living your life for me, do it as unto me. Do it as worship unto me. And when you do it unto me, then I'll take care of all these other things. But when you do it for, for yourself, or you do it for everybody else, it deals off. Because there's this conflict between the natural and the supernatural. Between earth and eternity. There's something about our flesh that says, I want it now. I want the job now. I want the money now. I want the house now. I, I, I want the promotion now. I want the office now. I want the marriage now. I want the kids now. I want the kids out of the house now. I, I want it now, right? We just do that. And the reality is is that that God pushes against our nature, our natural, and what operates in the supernatural and says, Look, this world is fleeting, but but for a short moment. And so what God wants us to do is to trust in Him. And what God wants us to do is not look about the temporal and the now and the here and now, but He wants us to trust Him with eternity. Because earth is all about storing up for myself here and now. So everybody gets to see what I got, where I'm going, what's going on. But eternity is about storing it up. In heaven. Because what you get now, listen to me, the reward that you get now, enjoy it, because it doesn't last. There's no hearses. I mean, there's no U Hauls going behind hearses. You can't take it with you, you can't put it in the casket. It's not going to translate to eternity. The only thing that translates to eternity is what's done for Christ today. When you give between you and Him, that goes to eternity. When you pray, that goes to eternity. When you operate with spiritual disciplines in your life, God speaks your heart about stopping something or starting something, that goes to eternity. Everything else, enjoy it. Because that's all the good you're going to get out of it. And the bottom line issue with all of this, at the end of the day, is that it's a lordship issue. It's a lordship issue. That's the issue that he's dealing with. All building up to verse 33, it's a lordship issue. Are you going to put treasure in heaven? Are you going to fill, fill your barns down here? Are you going to, is it going to be about eternity or is it going to be, be about earth? Is it going to be about the natural or is it going to be about the supernatural? What are you going to do? Verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That word money in the NIV is probably not a great translation. It means mammon in the original language. And, and, and the Greek. And mammon is a word for something that's produced by human hands. So they insert money in there because that's, it's, it's man's currency. But it could be anything that's man-made, man-derived. There is a conflict. Galatians talks about it. Uh, uh, Ephesians talks about the spiritual sides of it. Romans talks about the the law of sin and death and the grace that only comes through Jesus Christ. There's this war. There's this conflict. Paul says, the things that I don't want to do, I do. And the things that I don't want to do, I, I, I do. And the things that I do want to do, I can't do. It, there's this conflict. There's this war. Why? Because we choose every single day. And Jesus understands this. And he understands the people that he's speaking to. And he understands that we're going to be reading this 2,000 years from now. And then I'm going to be preaching about it. And you're going to be hearing it. And there's still this stirring. So he says, when you give, and when you pray, and when you fast, when you involve yourself in spiritual disciplines, make sure that you understand that what's done in secret will be rewarded by God. But what's done for man, and done openly, will not be rewarded by God. Because you cannot. Because the issue is that of eternity or the earth, that of the natural or supernatural. You cannot serve to God. Is there anything wrong with money? No. You just better use it, because you can't take it with you. Is there anything wrong with having a nice house? No, no. Is there anything wrong with it? no, no, no? Anything wrong with it? no, no. Uh, golf clubs? No, 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 no. There's nothing wrong with shopping the clothes, but it's but if that's the focus of your life, it's so temporal. It doesn't last. It'd be like a, it's like a kid sticking a quarter in a candy machine. That candy machine eventually is going to run out, and you're not going to have any money, and you're going to eat through the candy, and you're not going to have anything to show for it. We're like adults just putting our money in the candy machine, getting out our stuff, putting it in. And God says, that's fine, but make sure that you're seeking me first and allow me to take care of all these things, and you quit trying to take care of all these things. It's a lordship issue. So you may be saying, so what about me? Who's going to take care of me? How do I know I'll be taken care of? I'm so glad you asked that. Jesus addresses it right there in verse 25. Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you'll drink, about your body or what you will wear. Is life not more than food and your body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air who do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow, for they do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow thrown to the fire, how much more will he clothe you? You of little faith. So don't worry saying, what shall I eat? What shall I drink? What shall I wear? For the pagans, those who are without God, run after these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And he ends with verse 33. But... Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Then all these things, what are all these things? All the things you've been talking about. Your life, the things you worry about, things you're concerned about, your family, your friends, your finances, your job will be added unto you. See, here's the reality. God says, here's the way I want it to work. I want you to take care of the vertical relationship with me first. I'm the Lord your God and I have no other gods before me. That's commandment number one. That's Old Testament and New Testament. Jesus didn't come just to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. So Jesus says, look, if you'll put God first, then all these things, what's all these things? Everything else that you worry about in life. The things that are concerning you right now, the things that are weighing you down right now, the things, listen to me, that you spend all your issues, and sometimes people go, well, that's just so Pollyanna. No, it's Jesus' words, it's the way of the kingdom. What gets us in trouble is when we, when we worry about all the horizontal issues in life. Well, God, I'll take care of the horizontal issue, and I'll leave you with the vertical. He said, no, 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 no. The way the kingdom is upside down. If you want me first, you've got to be willing to be last. If you want to be served, then you've got to first serve. If you want to receive, then you've got to first give. That's the way the Bible works. That's the way the, the way the kingdom works. If you want something, you must first do it. If you want to have friends, you must first show yourself friendly, Proverbs says. So, In our mind, we go, I'll take care of all the natural things, God. You'll take care of the supernatural. Because I don't really understand the supernatural, but I get the natural because I live in the natural. And God says, no, 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 no. My way is this way. Seek first my kingdom, the supernatural, and then I'll take care of all these things, the natural. But God, I understand the natural. I get that, Aaron. But I just want you to seek me, and I want you to trust me. Because if you'll trust me, then I'll show up in all these other areas. How many times do we spend our lives... After all these things, money, jobs, good things. There's nothing wrong with money. Money's just a resource. As long as you use it right, money's a wonderful thing. But we, we go after it and we try to make this happen and that happen. And God says, No, 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 my yoke is easy, my burden is light. If you'll just cast your cares on me, if you'll seek me first, it's like a cross. If you'll take care of the vertical beam, I'll take care of the horizontal. If you'll just trust me and take care of this, I'll take care of that. But you're going to have to trust me with all these things. Because when you pray, when you give, when you fast, when you understand there's a conflict between the natural and the supernatural, between eternity and between earth, between storing up today or storing up for tomorrow, that you can't serve both masters, that you can't serve earth and eternity. You can't serve God and Satan. You can't serve God and yourself. you got to make a decision. And you got to trust that He... When you put him first, that he'll take care of all these things.